0: Time for that Monday night delight. It's what's up, global After Hours, the award-winning program celebrating over a year of content. And even though we are saying goodbye on November twenty second, two thousand twenty one, we're going to end this stuff strong. This show right now is broadcasting live on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitter and on Twitch. If you're on that Twitch, drop me a follow. Got to get my numbers up. I was on WWE Shop this week. Got the sweet MVP shirt for only five dollars. I am living life. I'm on cloud nine and a half baby. But before I get to today's show, because we know we're going to have a good time, 10 o'clock Pacific every Monday night here. Got to give a shout out to the Boisterous crew. Those are the members of our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Boys. These individuals make this show a, a possibility and reality. So I have to give a shout out to Christy, Christopher C, Christy H, ACH, Edric P, Oliver E, Princess Leia, Matthew C, John W, Richard R. You make this show a reality. But as always, I am not alone. See, I was on the Facebooks bragging about my memoir, bragging about my podcast, where I was approached, hit up by the man who's doing so much things all over the world. I was impressed. He's an educator. He's a fitness model. He does every one of that, and he's actually looking to be the hottest teacher in America. Please give him up for the Brandon Harris, what's up, man?
1: Oh, I appreciate that intro, man.
0: Yeah, you know how it is, man. I try. I try, you know.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's, like, it's about fitness. So look at you, man. Like, I mean, most oh. people don't know. Like, think about it. Like, I mean, I've now known you half of my life.
0: Half of my oh, life. Oh, that is true. Yeah. I met
1: you the first day in the dorms at Flagler College. Yeah, um, no three. Yeah,
0: 2003.
1: 2003. And so talk about a radical transformation, my guy. Look at you.
0: People don't notice, but I used to be like 375 pounds back then. I used to sweat all the time. I didn't know what people were talking (laughs) about. I was always moist. I I was wet.
1: (laughs) Man, it's Florida. Everybody's moist in Florida. Come on.
0: Bro, I would go to class, and teachers would be like, "Oh, it's a beautiful day. Let's go outside." I'm like, "No." <laughs> why, what, why you really,
1: what you really need to tell the people is you used to wear that fedora. That was the that was the thing right
0: there. See, people don't know this. I, my hair was thinning back then. That's what it was. That, I I was growing my hair out at, at back then. That was my bohemian phase because I was in I was up in Brooklyn. It was always like long pants and trying to be gangster. I went to Florida. I had thinning hair and I tried to grow it out as long as I can as a last ditch effort to hold on to it. And I was at twenty, it was going. At 24, I was like, ah, screw it. But, yes, I wore, like, a Rastafarian hat. It was pretty bad.
1: Man, now I mean, now you're, like, you're up there with, like, the great, you know, the great ball guys in America. It's like you, like, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Good company, uh, good company. Van, Van, Van De- <laughs> Jason Statham. Like,
0: you know, just. Yeah. I'm not nearly as awesome athletic. Like, I might shave my head. Dude, don't do that. Your hair is perfect. (laughs) It's it's perfect, bro. Uh, Give a shout out to Kristen Haywood Wong in the chat here. Thank you so much. If you have questions for Brandon, please let me know in the chat. We'll definitely ask him. But like I said, at the top of the show, you do a lot. Currently, you are hot for teacher. You are a professor, associate, associate assistant professor yeah, at University of Arizona. Like, how'd you get out there? How'd you get out
1: there? You know, it was kind of a long journey. Like, uh, so after I left Flagler, I uh, I, I moved around some. Uh, I went to North Carolina. Uh, I picked up an MBA there, um, and then it's actually in Chicago for a minute, working for the Bears and doing some doing some different things in marketing in Chicago. Uh, Clemson University ended up reaching out, so moved back to the south. Um, Grab yeah. the PhD. Grab a PhD there. Tiger Rag. Um, I, yeah. Right. Right. T- exactly. Tiger Rag. Um, yeah. Go. T- go Tigers. And uh, and after uh, I finished at Clemson, uh, I was applying for jobs and and ended up out here in the desert. So uh, it was never planned, um, but it's it's worked out well. It so really ho- has worked ho- out hold
0: well. Hold on. Ho- hold on. Now, I understand that education is important. And if someone hits you up to go to a school, you go. But, like, there's someone out there that goes, hey, I got a master's degree. I'm okay with this. You decided to get a doctorate. So, like, what made you go, you know what, my journey isn't done?
1: Masochism. I mean, it's 100, percent right? Like, oh, okay. that's what it's got to be. It's like I'm glutton, I'm glutton for punishment. You know, maybe it's my childhood issues. Like, I just really want to make my parents call me Doctor. Was what it was really, what it was really about, right?
0: Do, do you do that? Do you say you command that when someone pisses you off at the line at the store? You go, I'm Doctor Harris. Like, do you do that? I, I made
1: Bank of America put it on my credit card. I was like, listen, I'm going to hand yeah. this to you. Yeah. It's as long as they don't ask me what kind of doctor you are, because I'm like, oh, I'm not a real doctor. Uh, right, I'm just right. A PhD, not to, oh, you're a PhD, not a, medical, okay. not, a med- not a medical doctor, I'm not saving lives.
0: Hey, hey, look, I I think about that because my my master's degree is technically terminal. I got a film degree at Chapman, so I don't. You can't be a doctor of film production, but I thought about becoming a doctor of film studies or doctor of of uh, culture anthropology becomes a black cinema. Right. And I'm like, I- if I became a doctor, am I the guy who demands people call me doctor, or do I go, I'm so cool, I have a doctor, but call me Flobo? Like I didn't know how that worked.
1: I think you could definitely call you Flo. I don't. I feel like the people who command to be called doctor, they should just they should just strip the degree from them. Like, why do you do that? Like, just (laughs) like I don't. I don't make my students call me doctor, right? Like, I'm like just call me Brandon or call me professor. Like, whatever. Like, I don't. It's the only person I make call my doctor is my parents. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, you guys paid for it, so I guess you could say it.
0: That's how you command the extra piece of chicken or turkey at Thanksgiving. Uh, Jack sure. Farmer says, uh, doctor's a name you earn, so I think it's fair to put it everywhere. Okay, fair enough. And James Lott Jr. says, I have a doctorate too, but it's where they really call me Dr. Lott. That does sound like a comic book villain. I, I respect that. Dr. Lott has the bob. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Uh, but how long have you been out there in Arizona, man? How long has it been?
1: So this is uh, this is year three for me. Okay. Um, yeah. You're so, good? Yeah, you're-, you're
0: good? You're fine? Yeah, oh, you, you hate it? Nope.
1: No, I love it. It's, uh, it, it's, it was weird. So, you know, I moved here uh, from the land of trees and, and water uh, and moving to the desert with uh, cacti and scorpions and every other kind of bug out there. It's, uh, it's been different. Um, and it really took me a while to, to really get, uh, integrated into like, not only the environment, but just the people, um, yeah. the people in here in Tucson are a little bit different uh, in yeah. a good way. They are some of the most genuine down to earth people I have ever met. Um, and so I you know I can't say good enough things about about Tucson, Arizona and, and and what it's done for me, uh both professionally and as a person. Like I feel like I've grown so much here. So yeah, it's been it's been a great transition, man. I really, really can't complain about those things.
0: Shout out to next week's guest Royce Masigel, showing up in the chat respect, man. Uh so so you were you're in Tucson now. Um, how long was the adjustment period? Was there a culture shock period where you're like, oh wow, you people That you people, but people are different (laughs) on some level. What do you you mean, you people? (laughs) You know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're in the same space. No, like how long was your adjustment period going from the south to the southwest?
1: Man, uh, I mean the adjustment period. I I mean it was probably a solid six months. Like you know, it, it, it takes a while. I mean, the south has its own culture, right? Yeah, for sure. But then you come to the borderlands, right? So you know, I'm 45 minutes from Mexico. Um, And so making and there's so many traditions in like Mexican culture here, right, to make that kind of jump and to really start understand how the layers of culture really operated within the city and how that influenced not only the city, but the people within and the residents of the city. Um, You know, and that's everything from artwork to music to, um, you know, just everyday interactions. Yeah, it took it took a a probably a good six months, really, for me to really uh, become comfortable here within the city.
0: Let me ask you a semi-personal question. How do you sure. feel about the whole "Let's Go" branding thing? Your name actually being Brandon.
1: Man, can I cancel my own name? Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Karen's guys.
0: do it, <laughs> right?
1: Like it was funny. I was in, I was in the gym this afternoon, um, and one of, and one of my buddies was like, "Hey, let's go, Brandon!" Like he was talking to me, like he was ready to leave, and I was like, "Wait, I don't think you can. I don't think you can say that anymore. Like, I don't. Like, that's not yeah. like how." So, ah, yeah, it's, uh, it's funny how that's become such a cultural phenomenon right now yeah and it doesn't um, piss
0: you off at all you kind of like i mean how do you take that you go like uh it's not me it's just the name my mom gave me hey <laughs> uh, yeah, i
1: was like thanks mom you know yeah something else for me to discuss with my therapist right like oh my now, 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 now my name is being dragged great right oh. all right
0: you know karen's karen's had that thing for a long time uh yeah i, I always wonder that because i'm seeing it pop up everywhere i'm like man it's a good thing my parents did not name me this because be, this would be really awkward uh but so i'd I've been to Arizona once uh, in my okay. life. I've been, okay. It was 2019. It was a comedy show uh, in Tempe, which was like where ASU is, right? Yeah, yeah, I think right. It's a little, a little wow. far away from you. One of the best experiences of my life. I know people talk about Arizona, talk about how it's different, but like it was July. So it was like 11 PM and 115 degrees, but <laughs> uh, it was just, it was really cool. It felt cool to be like in this like space where you're just in this, in the heat Like people understand how how hot it is. You're able to perform comedy across tight lines. It was a cool, cool experience for me. So the question I have for you is, are you, are you done there or are the other parts of the country you want to take root in and live in or anything like that?
1: That's a great question. I don't know that I can answer it yet. I I do not like the heat. First of all, uh, if you could see by my complexion, like (laughs) I do, (laughs) I do everything to actively avoid the sun. Like if there is shade, I am seeking it. Um, Yeah. You know, I was on I was on a hike not too long ago, and it's actually in Albuquerque, New Mexico, right? Also, crazy sun, uh, and I'm there, and I'm hiking or whatever, and all of a sudden, like I can feel like my my skin burning, and I'm like seven minutes into the hike, yeah. And I'm like, I know I've got SPF 100 on. I'm like, I don't <laughs> I don't know how to deal with this. Like, yeah, I'm just supposed to like cover myself, you know, in, in like I don't know, like a hazmat suit every time I go outside. Um, I get,
0: I get the big, the, uh, the, what's it called? The good, bad, ugly movies, the Clintons yeah, with the, the hat, the punch and all that. So, so tell me about your, your, your path, right? You're a professor of education, it seems. Is that correct? Yeah.
1: yeah. So yeah, I definitely do some education. Oh, hold on. Let me go back to your question real quick. As far as yeah. living in other parts of the country, there are definitely other parts of the West that I want to explore. Like I've done the East coast thing. Uh, I did the big city thing. You know, I did Chicago yeah. for a while, which I absolutely love Chicago. That's um, all right. I, you know, <laughs> wow. I'm from New
0: York. I'm from New York. I'm sorry. That pizza's uh, better. Bada boom
1: I mean, we're not, we're not really, you know, we're, we're not pizza people, but you know, we, uh, you know, we, we do like pizza pie, right? Like you
0: diplomatic son of a mother.
1: (laughs) Our Italian Italian beef is better. Fair enough. (laughs) Um, Anyways, so I think Denver is a great city. I'd love to explore Denver at some point. Um, you know, know, yeah, I've never been to Seattle. I think Seattle would be awesome to explore at some point. Um, and so there's just some cities in in the West that I really, really would like to, uh, to touch upon or, or get to before, uh, before whatever I decided to do happens,
0: yeah, yeah, I would kind of same way. Kind of the opposite. I want to check out the Southwest some more. You know, like, like the Albuquerque or things like that. So, yeah. right. So, so you know, your path is education. You're a doctor of education. Like you're, you teach education classes, or
1: I do not teach education classes, which is the okay. funny thing. So, I my research is all on urban sustainability. Um, so my PhD, oh, okay, yeah. So my PhD is in uh, parks and recreation with a concentration in kind of urban urban environments and urban sustainability. Um, and what I really research, what I really look at is I look at the benefits and consequences of inter, uh, of, uh, integrating what they call urban parks or urban green spaces into different types of communities. So for New York, for example, like you look at the Highline, right? And right. so what, what were the benefits and the consequences of putting Highline in the West in the West Chelsea neighborhood? Right. So right. F- from a tax base standpoint, you're like, oh, this is great. Like it's, it's going to raise taxes. It's going to generate money. It's going to do all these things for tourism same time, you have to look at the gentrification effects of something like the High Line and the displacement of the residents that were living there, right? So right. The Can you explain real quick what the High Line
0: place? is for for those who aren't familiar? It's kind of sure. a new concept. Yeah, for sure.
1: So one of the big things right now in parks and recreation and in kind of urban planning is what people have decided to do is, hey, there's a finite amount of space in cities. We don't have a lot of space, but we want more green space because that's what people are pounding on the table, demanding. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take, uh, we're gonna take abandoned railways, uh, abandoned riverways, and we're gonna convert them to trails and we're gonna convert them to parks. Uh, And in doing so, then we're gonna start building out residential areas around them to give people more and more access, right? So Mm -hmm. in my field, like the big benchmark is everyone in a city should be a 10 minute walk from a park um, or a recreational space. And so that's the goal. Right now, San Francisco is the only uh, city to achieve that. You know, Chicago is not far behind. Uh, but like, that's the goal. So, what they're doing is they're they're trying to figure out every way that they can. These urban planners are and greenway planners to really um, to really integrate uh, these urban uh, these uh, green spaces into urban communities.
0: Uh, Rose Mazagil, I think he's out of Tullahoma, Tennessee. Says, I wish we had them in our, our our new parks and rec Director down here. He seems really into the works. Oh, you're it, bro. Respect.
1: Hey, respect. <laughs>
0: So again, like it, to me, I feel like that's something that's very like, it can be sexy if you're like, oh man, we all love trees. We all love plants, but I feel like there's a sure. lot more that goes into that. Like, what does your research actually entail day to day, month to month, year to year?
1: Yeah. So I really go in and what I do is like, I interview a lot of residents where gentrification is occurring because of these parks. And I say, Hey, like, are there benefits to this space? Like we know, for instance, uh, you know, you just put this $200 million trail in my backyard am I going to get benefits of them? Am I going to use it? What exactly is that going to look like for me? Um, So the the day-to-day for me is, I mean, obviously doing research, reading articles, trying to stay up up to date on all the research, but also like really kind of uh, placing myself uh, in these communities and talking to the people um, to see how these spaces are affecting them.
0: Okay, cool. So, I mean, is it something that, isn't that you're good at that you fell into? Is something you're really passionate about, or something you didn't really know at first that you became passionate about afterwards? Man,
1: that's a great question. I had no idea about this field at all, right? Okay. I wanted to be in sports marketing. My MBA is in sports marketing. Yes, I
0: remember that yours right. are
1: That, that yeah. I worked for the Bears. That was my thing, right? I was like, hey, yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna like make a name for myself in sports marketing. I'm gonna I'm gonna work for the Bears. It's gonna be great. Um, what people don't tell you about sports management, sports marketing is there's like a cap right? Like you kind of hit a ceiling. There's a lot of people running on like a lot of like really lean teams right now. And it's really hard to work your way up. Um, So, you know, I was working a ton of hours and really wasn't seeing the long-term trajectory like I wanted it. So I uh, I went a different direction. Uh, You know, like Clemson came calling, you know, they offered me a a package I really couldn't refuse, especially I was, you know, 26, 27 at the time. Um, So moved to South Carolina, uh, you know, grab the PhD. Um, and while I was there, I really started to learn more and more about these issues with urban parks. And uh, it all started with me working in, in some of these communities uh, with, uh, with, a, with a mentor of mine. Um, and it just
0: kind of got bar rolling for me. So walk me through this, man. Like, cause I okay. know when you, when you go to college that, I mean, I'm not sure how your parents were, or my parents were like, you better get, you get something you want to do. You know what I'm saying? And, and you basically got to pivot. And that's something that a lot of us have to do, especially if around our age, we had an idea what for we sure. want to do. Things change. Like, was it kind of like, bam, this is what I feel like the, the next step for was you have to like talk to somebody. Do you feel like a failure for switching up your next step? Like what was it going through your mind on a mental level?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think that anytime we pivot, there is so much uncertainty and fear. Yeah. But my mindset has always been the only way to kind of overcome that fear is to take action. Right. Like if mm-hmm. I sit in, it, if I sit in it and I dwell in it, it does. It's not advantageous for me. All I end up doing is being cathartic and not and staying in place. At that point in my career, I felt so static that I was just looking for something and that something happened to be provided at Clemson. And so whether I liked it, whether I hated it, whether I found myself there, I knew it was going to be a meaningful experience. And I was trying to, and I was trying to live in that moment. Right. Um, And then, you know, the only way I could do that was to take action. And that meant kind of taking that leap of faith and going to the university and see what path it kind of led me
0: down. That's cool. That's really cool. So so like how you and I were both at Flagler College, uh, and and for those who watch the show, so was a uh, former guest in the show, Aaron Maddox from Vanderpump Rules. I wanted to be uh, in TV. I wanted to be in news editing. So basically, if there was a burning building, I would cut the news reel for your five o'clock news. And I got the email for the film school in Chapman, and to me, that was a pivot to go to right. film school, to be an editor, to, to do the filmmaking thing. And that sense pivoted 24 other times. But I always wonder that because I don't know how you were, but when you go in a direction that your parents don't really know about, you kind of feel like <laughs> you have this like timer or like this, like small needle to thread whether or not you want right. to do it or not. So, yeah. Man,
1: I mean, I th- And I think we all still feel that, right? Like, I am not sure that I'm, I'm done pivoting now. Um, you know, every day brings something new and I, and I ask myself those those questions and I deal with existential crisis just like everybody else. Yeah. Um, and I just keep moving. I think that's the only thing that I could really do at this point uh, and see what life takes me. Um, <laughs> I, I know that's 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 rough to say, but like, yeah, like, yeah, it's 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 worked out well so far, I suppose.
0: So so walk me through your classes, man. How are your how are your kids? Are kid adults? How are your students? Adults. Are adults. Do, you, do you hate them? Is it kind of like no. part of the so no. no. Like, what's the thing?
1: <laughs> no, my students are I mean, they're the lifeblood of the university. Like I I I really go to work most days for my students. And of course I complain about them like any other professor does. <laughs> um uh, and it's funny because I will walk into class and you know, especially when I'm not shaving or whatever, and they're like, who is this person about to try to like teach me? Right? I don't look that yeah. much older than they do. True. Um Right and so, Dr. Harris,
0: y'all. No, I'm just
1: kidding. I'm like, listen, this is what we're gonna do.
0: Who <laughs> the hell I am?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Google me. Um, <laughs> no, but the the students are great. I, I really do love my students. Um, you know, I think one of the issues in in higher education is sometimes we get lost on the fact that the students are kind of the lifeblood of the university, right? Like we forget, like we get wrapped up in research and grants, and we get wrapped up in all these different things. But the truth of the matter is like the most important thing in any university should be the students. Um, And you, you know, you should treat them. like I try to treat them with respect. I try to treat them as adults. Um, You know, I give them some layaway, especially right now during COVID, like, or, or, you know, some leeway because I recognize that they're going through the same kind of emotional and psychological traumas that we've all been through over the past year and a half. And whether that affects their motivation or their cognitive ability to learn, it's something that they have to deal with. Um, and so, you know, a lot of times during the uh, during, during the during the pandemic, I felt more like a therapist uh, than I did a professor. Like I set up these these weekly on Saturday and Sunday nights. I made myself available on Zoom for my students. And I was like, hey, if you just want to come kick it, like we can watch Netflix together, like we can talk about your life prop, like we can talk about whatever. Because I, I learned really fast that a lot of students didn't have anyone to go to and just be like, yeah, hey, yeah. right. Yeah. Like and as a professor, like whether it's my job or not, like I feel like I should be somewhat of of, you know, a mentor uh, and someone that they can reach out to and feel comfortable reaching out to at any point, whether it be for regular life advice or career advice or, you know, collegiate advice, whatever they want to do. Um, well- and that's of the things go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. No, no. I am saying, well, that that's really awesome, very noble of you. Yeah, I,
1: and I think it's for me, it's because of a lot of a lot of the things that we had at Flagler, right? Like I had a couple professors uh, to this day that I still keep in contact with, and they really kind of changed the scope of my life and the trajectory of my life, and you know, you know, really encouraged me to 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 be—I don't want to say be somebody, but you know, coming from coming from rural Americana, you know, growing up um, you know, not, I mean, with education value, but really not, uh, to the degree that I, that I had placed it. Um, and you know, there was a lot of times that I didn't think I was going to be able to be a, even afford to go to college. So, you know, for right. me to be in the position I am now and be able to give back and mentor these same type students, it means a lot. Um, and so for me, like the students are again, the lifeblood uh, and kind of what drive me to get up and go to work every day.
0: JLJ meeting of the chat says, what makes a good teacher? I would know. <laughs> I have no idea.
1: Um, man, I think being a good teacher is really about open communication. I think it's like in a kind of what, what makes a good partner. Right. Um, mm-hmm. like, I think that when um, you clearly define your expectations for your students and you hold them to those expectations, um, but you're also in, in some ways, again, mentoring them on different life things you are really approaching them in a manner that not only makes them feel human and respected, but it also feels like they're getting something out of the class and they're much more, if they like you as a person and you know, and they know that you have their best interests at heart, they will learn from you. Like they will listen to you. you they, they're going to pay way more attention to you. Like when we're having lectures, when we're having these deep conversations. Right. And so for me, it's kind of that balance. It's, it's really about treating your students with a ton of respect Giving them a lot of autonomy to make mistakes, um, but also giving them those those theoretical and those those things that they actually come to university for.
0: And you do it every dang semester. Is are you in live or are you doing virtual still? What's the deal?
1: Uh, so I, I so I'm still virtual. I go back live in the classroom uh, starting in January, and I man, I'm so ready. I'm so ready to get back in there. <laughs>
0: Do you have like a, a green screen room? Like how does that work? Is it like a thing or kind of like whatever? I'll just do whatever. No, it's a green screen.
1: Yeah. So like all all the lectures are like recorded on green screen. And so there's like everything behind me. And so my PowerPoint slides are there. But here's yeah. the thing like I'm so big with like gesticulations and like moving my hands and things like that. And you can't do that when you're in the studio. Oh, yeah. They're like, please don't do that. And so I am I'm the worst virtual teacher in the history of virtual teachers. I'm terrible. I'm not good at it. I-
0: I'm the same way. I feel like for me personally, because my podcast is very specific, it really comes down to using the top half of your instrument, but you only have, you know, this much space right. to really do anything. And that's kind of the one thing I had to realize as a com- as a comedian, because a comedian, you can like walk, you can do like some crazy gestures, but you have a box to work in. Well, uh, that's the
1: thing. If you, if you don't know, that's how my white, that's, that's how white people dance anyway. So I got that down. Like I'm, I'm straight hands. I'm straight hands. No Y'all yeah, just everywhere. No. That is how I got move. I don't I don't move my legs. Why would I do that? I got, I got like two moves.
0: I got like two moves. Royce Masakell says, I used to be an AA at, at an elementary school. The principal told me to leave my instincts at the door when dealing with students. What do you think that meant?
1: Um Yeah, I don't even know how to answer that question. Uh, I I mean, I kind of I kind of I kind of teach with my instincts, right? Like
0: I don't know. I, I couldn't be, be left with people. I can't tell people to be smarter. I have no idea how that works. Yeah, right. I
1: mean, yeah, I can I can't tell you to, to be smarter or, I mean I guess what I what what I guess what uh the principal may have meant by that is like kind of leave your your stereotypes and your generalizations at the door. Like don't think that because of how a student, the background he may come from, what what he or she uh, may look like, like their religious orientation, right? You have to check yourself at the door at all times, right? Like you've got to put those things uh you know, to the side. The, the issue with that, though, Flo, is like there's this idea of implicit bias. Right. And so we all kind of entered the, the classroom with this idea of implicit bias. So these things that have been ingrained in us from from a long from, from, from you know, our environments, from our past. Right. And so yeah. one of the biggest things you have to do, I have to learn as an educator, especially in college, is to like really check yourself. Right. Right. Is right. to check yourself all the time and make sure like this continual process of reflexivity and making sure that like you're not letting those things leak into your perceptions of your students or, or your, how you perceive them walking into the classroom.
0: Man, that's deep, man. I love it. I love it. Pop up pass. Uh, <laughs> but when you're not doing it, man, because you're you're over there making it happen, University of Arizona. what do, you do for your downtime, man. We do, do for fun days off. Are you a guy that goes outdoors? You stay indoors. You game. How do you refill that cup,
1: brother? Ah, uh, well, it's not it's not gaming. So you know, yeah. right now is the perfect time in Tucson to be outdoors. So I have been, you know, I, I try to get outdoors as much as possible. You know, I do kind of stay inside during the summer just because, again. This pale skin is not uh, – it's not condi- – I, li- I live that I live that straight vampire life.
0: Uh, you are not room. a <laughs> – <laughs> this, 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 this crazy and vinyl skin, baby. I can't go outside, baby. <laughs> I'm
1: like I'm – like, I'm the Nicole Kidman of academia, right? Like I don't want sun to touch my face.
0: <laughs> right, right, <laughs> uh, right.
1: But, no, t- during the winter, I try to get out as much as possible. Um, you know, there are so many great hikes here in Tucson. Uh, the biking here, like the cycling is great here in Tucson. I actually just bought a new bike um to kind of do to kind of kind of under start undertaking that activity um I, i'm in the gym quite a bit so I, you know i try to do i that can tell at
0: man at uh, least six uh,
1: at least six days a week so, so yeah so, so that's, i that.
0: see you working at the gym but here's my next question i actually have it here in my notes why is your instagram private people need to see the ads, baby people need to see you <laughs> in the gym getting that work why is it private man it's got to be private it's for the students so here's the thing what? When the instagram, was
1: out from, no. <laughs> that's my next chapter i'm like you know what here's the ultimate pivot
0: <laughs> <Hey>.
1: <laughs> no like uh one of the things that like they tell us kind of to do is to, is to make the is to make the instagram private um just because they don't want students trying to friend us like during the semester and and kind of those things so i keep the instagram and the facebook kind of shut down uh
0: you know. Damn! If you guys want to see this Instagram, this guy's like doing a row machine. He got like like biceps pump, biceps. He's wearing suits, looking all crisp. You got I'm telling you, man, you got to check it out. I'm, I'm, yeah, keep it low
1: I'm gonna keep it low key until I go on the bachelor. Then I gotta then I gotta make it public, right?
0: <laughs> As a guy <laughs> who just ate 15 wings for breakfast today, I feel kind of jealous. This dude is just like
1: chill now uh, uh, i'm not kidding you what i ate for breakfast this morning i ate egg whites in a snickers bar that's not a lie like i had so much halloween candy left over i was like i don't know what to do wait, with this I'm you gonna...
0: buy it for yourself Did you buy it to give out did you like go out trick-or-treating what was the deal
1: no i bought it, i bought it for the kids and then uh, what? What I,
0: kids I, I... Are in the professors for halloween
1: I live in a neighborhood. I was like, they're going to come. It's going to be great. I didn't have a single – I did not have a single stu- – I did not have a student. I did not have a single kid come to my door. I was so disappointed. I could have told
0: you that myself. Dude, I've been living in the neighborhood for the past 15 years. Ain't no – they are their phones, bro. No one's trick-or-treats anymore. <laughs> totally old school. You kidding me? <laughs> I, I give a shot to Philip Reich over here. He says, "Had a McRib and equally satisfied." And discusses it with myself, I've never actually had a McRib, so I can only imagine. That's I'm missing you're
1: missing before. out on life. McRib is that's the sandwich right there.
0: Go on, tell me more.
1: Oh man, I mean that's that that's that limited edition McDonald's like <laughs> once <Limited>. a year. <laughs> Yo, what <do>
0: mean? <laughs> I mean, no I'm sorry. Not- There's no way you can make a, a, a McDonald's hamburger fancy or a sandwich fancy.
1: You can do that with a shamrock shake. I mean, that's you know, that's just that's just that's a delicatessen right there.
0: I, I've I've only had a shamrock shake once the the half and half with the chocolate in the bottom, the shamrock shake on top. I actually liked it. It was pretty cool.
1: You know, that's um, like you know, the fancy restaurants like uh, they reposition uh, pigeon as as squall, right? Like, so we just got to figure a way to reposition the McRib, and we can sell it as a del- we can sell it as a delicacy.
0: What trips me out? They don't tell you what kind of rib it is. They just say a mick rib. <laughs> it's kind of like choose your own an animal. That's that's what that is. So weird. Ah, uh, so what about man? Yo, I have. I've been again. I've been to Arizona once. A sure. lot of fantastic looking ladies. What's been the game for you out there, man? Are you out there like painting town red? Are you going to shows, meeting ladies? What's What's the dating life like out there?
1: Man, well, I mean, with the shutdown, like, so I got here. You know, I was living here for what a year trying to get, trying to get myself adjusted to all the weather and all those things. So I wasn't really dating at that time. Um, and, and then COVID hit and that really yeah. kind of put, I like, got really kind of put a halt on dating. Um, but yeah, man, I've been out there. I've been, I've been doing some dating, um, okay. you know, and I've met some, some really phenomenal people who I've had some really amazing experiences and amazing times with. Hey. So, and, uh, yeah, it's been good, man. It's uh, still working on things, uh, you know, but nothing's perfect. And so, uh, you know, we'll see what happens.
0: As a man who was super attractive in the big city, what's the deal? You want to get married one day? Just like, pay it loose? Like, what? what's, like, the future plans? you have future plans?
1: A, uh, future plans? Uh, I, I'm really just kind of playing it how it comes. Like, I would love, uh, you know, I haven't decided on the, the big kid question. I mean, that's always a question. Like, do you want kids? At, thir- at 36, people are like, oh, you're going to have kids, right? Like, I, I don't know. Um, marriage, absolutely. Um, right now, honestly, like, I, I love my independence. Um, and I, the you know, the person who I'm with, um, like the things that are most important to, to me are things like traveling or things like experiences are, are just really enjoying those, those, those times in life, those moments. Right. Um, right. and, and so, yeah, we'll see what happens again. Like I, I'm not saying no to marriage. I'm not saying no to, to, to kids yet. I'm just kind of playing it by ear right now.
0: I mean, as a guy, I think the the, the medical advances are so so great now. My dad had me at thirty-five, you know, back in the eighties. And he's, right, he's, he's youngest, right? Yeah, why not? You could be you could have kids at forties or fifties if you want to.
1: For sure, again, I, you know, I bring up Dwayne the Rock Johnson. That man's out having kids at fifty, like I, right? Yeah, he's doing,
0: yeah. doing great. <laughs> he's timeless, though. I mean, <laughs> he's timeless. no, because because I, I know, like, every city is different, right? Like, I live in Los Angeles, and I'm a stand up comedian. And even before I was single, I would go to comedy shows, and everyone would have like, you know, the thing of dating LA is so rough and hard, and people are weird. If you have the experience, if you met good people, or they kind of like, yo, I don't understand dating at my age. Like, what's been your thing?
1: No, man. I, and this is what I will say. The, the the people that I've met here, the the women that I have have seen and you know, and and really, you know, seen seriously, they are honestly some of the best people in the best relationships I've had. Um like dating is is, is I don't think it's easy anywhere, especially in our generation. Um, but I think that each each one has taught me so much, not only about myself, but you know, just how to be a better, how to be a better relationship partner. Um, you know, I mean, how to be like, you know, I, I probably wouldn't have done this five years ago, but like, I'm still, again, as a man, like I'm still learning to do things like be more vulnerable, um, to let some of my guard down and to let some of those walls down, um, to be more open and communicative about what I want in a relationship and, you know, to show some of those things, those affection, things like affection, right. That, That sometimes like we get portrayed or we get stereotyped or stigmatized as being weak, especially, you know, when you come from a background where that's kind of placed on you or impugned in you is that you're supposed to be a certain type of way. Um, And and again, even at my age, I'm learning how how to be, you know, I I don't want to use the word soft, but like how to be a little bit softer um, and a little bit more there and available to the person that I'm with.
0: So I know you asked me for this, but you tell me some advice because I'm trying to understand this whole dating thing in L.A. It is a trip, bro. Like it is a trip, <laughs> man. I think, man. I think the, the biggest piece of advice.
1: Sorry, yeah, I should ask you for advice first of all. Don't don't do my, that.
0: that. That's yeah. the worst idea. The I have no idea how women work, bro. I I yeah. <laughs> Wait the only
1: thing, the only thing I guess I could equate dating in L. A. would be like to dating in Scottsdale, right? Um, which Pretty Arizona, much, like, yeah. it, which is like L. A. Light, which I don't know if you've ever been there. Yeah, I,
0: it's, I've it's, I've driven through it once. I haven't stayed.
1: <laughs> man, I think I think the biggest thing is to find someone who you are compatible with um is one. Number two, is I think, you have to find someone who wants to help you grow, um, not only like professionally but also as a person. I think number three is having someone who challenges you um, to be a better person, right? Like you don't want to, again, like we talk about being static in a profession. I don't think you ever want to be static in a relationship either. Um, so I think that is something else. Um, I think that you have to be able to have those deep, intimate conversations and work through things as a unit, as you are moving forward. Um, I think when challenges come up in a relationship, you should have to be able to address them. Uh, you know, a, a lot of the things that our first idea of attraction is we see the physical form, right? And, I, and like, Uh, obviously you live in LA, there are so many beautiful people, right? There's beautiful people everywhere in LA. And if that's the only thing that you know about them, like it may, it may entice you to want to get to know them more. And it's great to be physically attractive, but I think that we have to also understand that love and affection also shifts, right? As you learn more and more about them, like as their, their intellect or their goals and their values, you, you, You I think you you move from a space where you are only seeing their physical uh, appearance to also seeing things that are so much more important, which are those intellectual stimulation, which are those values and that goal orientation. Are they challenging you to make you better? Are they making you step out of your comfort zone Um, in some of those things? So I think, you know, it's 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 one of those things where the physical the physical nature may bring you in, but it's having those those other kind of connections that really make you stay.
0: Man, you you are one deep brother, bro. I should be taking notes. I should be taking notes. I, I don't know, because you had asked me like, if I had any relationship advice. I don't, man. I just I just piss bad things away. That's or good things away. That's kind of what I do. Uh, that's, that's my thing. I have a thing. It sounds great, and I find a way to mess it up. That's <laughs> that's what I've got so far. Uh, are you on the apps? Last question. Are you are you on the apps at all?
1: No. Mm-mm.
0: Yeah, you just want to meet people in real life, real space.
1: I do. I, I think that's <laughs> you know I miss. I, I, I did the apps for a little while. Um, and you know, I met a couple people in there and that was great, but, uh, I, that genuine connection is just something more for me that is so much more important. Right. Like I feel like a lot of times the apps, you can present, uh, an appearance or personality or a position that you are not. And I don't want to ever go into a relationship or ever to go into even a first date. Yeah. Um, with with some, with, you know, with, with a person I don't think that I'm actually getting on in, in real life, like, I want to know you, I want to have an actual connection with you. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's what we've lost in, in this area of dating, like, you know, we look at this idea of Flobo that's it's called the paradox of choice, right? So right, you know, if, when one little thing goes wrong, apps make it so easy to swipe to the next person, right? Um, and what happens if we have such a new, we have so many choices, a copious amount of choices that sometimes we get dissatisfied with our partner or just because of something, a little nuance that goes wrong. Um, you know, you start to realize that every day can't be perfect. And because we are human, we are going to make mistakes. We're going to mess up. And the key is to understand that like, you have to continue to improve yourself and work on it. You know, if you want to be there for someone, if you want to commit to someone, like the thing is just to to make sure that you're working on yourself and that person is also working on them. So you can, move. again, I say my, my whole thing is moving forward as a unit. I think that unit piece is the most important thing.
0: You are just, yeah, you're intellectual as fuck. I actually looked this up. Uh, it's called demisexuality where like you need to have a connection with someone to be attracted to them. That yeah. That sounds like you bro. Like respect. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I can be, attra- I can, hold
1: on. I can be attracted to someone like I can see a baddie and be like, whoa. Right. I, no, like, I don't,
0: I, I don't Bro, i don't know bro you like bro. yo? you know i wasn't I I can was see, was like i can see right i can I can, I can
1: i can appreciate beauty like i mean you know i can go out, i can go out in scottsdale in la and i can appreciate the triple threat right the triple threat like the lips done the nose done and the boobs done. like i can appreciate i can appreciate the tripartite of of, of whatever plastic surgeon people are going to I can, appre- I can appreciate that, right?
0: That's not what you were saying a minute ago. Like, uh, I want to connect. I want to be a better man. I just, I you, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you
1: said, I said a relationship. Like relationship. More, <laughs> right? But I can still appreciate physical beauty. Like that's something we all, we all can appreciate that. I, I, appreciate I, don't, that. I don't
0: know anymore, brother. I, I, I'm single as hell. Uh, we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> before because you all know, i understand i get it. i'm pissing this away so the project you're working on your side projects is about the the nature of graffiti i want to talk to you about this as someone being from new york uh seeing graffiti seeing it evolve seeing some graffiti artists go legit quote unquote like shepherd Ferry or Mary right, yeah, nine yeah. uh what what's your project about and what are you looking to exemplify with this graffiti project
1: Right. So this project I'm undertaking is going to look at graffiti and murals, both uh, here in Tucson. <laughs> yeah. I see, yeah. <laughs> I see you, Phil. Uh, <laughs> no, but the project I'm undertaking is uh, we're going to look at graffiti in Tucson, and Chicago, and we're going to talk to some artists um, to talk about what only what, what their inspiration is and how their murals or graffiti connect to a certain neighborhood. Um, mm-hmm. also how that graffiti may serve as a sign of resistance in certain cultures. Right. right. Um, and also, I think the biggest thing for me is going to be how do we start defining the difference between, or who defines, right. The difference between uh, graffiti and a mural. Um, Cause that's been kind of a question that's uh, that's kind of cascaded through my field. Right. Like we have these issues where people are like, one, you know, one of my biggest projects, what we found is people are so afraid of graffiti. They're like, Hey, let's, let's do it out. They're like, You know white people moving into a a community of color they see graffiti and it's automatically stereotyped or stigmatized as as being gang related right right whereas a lot of times it's just associated with the culture that the youth there are literally just putting these these murals or these these this graffiti on a wall because it's part of who they are it's part of their self identity it's part of their identity it's part of their expression um and so you have this really strong disconnect um, between these two populations. And so I think my new research is kind of going to explore more of this disconnect uh, and figure out maybe how do we start to bridge some of these gaps?
0: Yeah. Does it matter? Like, is it kind of like a, like a, um, like a fishing kind of situation where there's going difference like wild caught versus farmed? Like, is it graffiti if it's not sanctioned and if it's like, because it is art or murals, if it is sanctioned or is a lot more nuanced than that?
1: i think it's a little bit more nuanced than that but man but you are onto something right so a lot of these murals now are being commissioned um yeah. by government officials and things like that who basically tell them or tell the artist or whatever uh what they're going to, to to display at the mural right the issue with that is a lot of times the neighborhoods that they are commissioning these are these commissioning these 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 murals in are already starting to gentrify right because what we start to find is people want to people want the urban grit without right. having the actual urban grit. They want to say that they live in XYZ neighborhood, but they don't really want to live in XYZ neighborhood. Like they want to claim the Bronx, but they don't really want the Bronx experience, right? Fair. Um, right, right, and, and and that's just the reality of it right now. You have such a back to the city migration um that 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 grit is what a lot of people are looking for right now, but You know, you have those murals, but then you also, again, like you have the you have graffiti that is still legitimate graffiti. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, a lot of times when that graffiti is put on walls, it's whitewashed or it's painted over almost instantaneously. Um, So, what gets to stay up and what gets what get what what gets brought down what gets brought down um, is a lot of times up to the city and how they view it.
0: Uh, so when, when you're commissioned to a project, is it kind of like you have a hands-off approach or do you appreciate the art form it's yourself as, or you don't have that space to appreciate the art form. You're really more of a, a researcher there. No, I,
1: I really, so I only do research that I feel like I'm, I'm kind of passionate about. Okay. And, yeah,
0: cool. Very right.
1: Cool. I mean, luckily for me that I'm in a position here at Arizona where um, they kind of give me the autonomy to do my own research. Um, and so one of the things I've always been interested in is art. Like I love art and I love like any kind of like, contemporary like type art. Like I love tattoos and I I love the beauty behind those murals, graffiti, like all those things, um, sculptures, right? Like I love all those things. So for me, I'm allowed, I, I I love going into the neighborhood and talking to the artists again about their vision and then talking to the residents about what this mural or graffiti means to them. And then, then also drawing my own perspective and appreciating, you know, what's kind of been put on the wall or whatever, whatever it might be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. this, you're, you're doing it, man. You're killing it, and I don't uh, know if uh, you think of it that way. I know there's some days I probably you'll probably swamp with work or kids trying to hit you up. Be like, it hey, will can you can't get an extension, but I think you're successful, bro. Like you are a successful individual holding it down for Flagler and beyond, man. You're killing it out there in the game,
1: man. I, I I'm trying. I'm literally I'm literally just trying to live up to you and your inspiration. That's what it Stop! is. You <laughs> you inspire me. Stop. Oh, I have to ask you. I have to ask. I have a question for you.
0: What did oh, you do sure. for ha- okay. what
1: did you what did you do for Halloween, my guy? What did you uh, do so
0: so, so kind of did nothing like as far as like the trick-or-treating things, I worked the Saturday, uh, but okay. like I'm I'm on the Spotify podcast, it's called Mac Mania. Uh, every Tuesday we talk about professional wrestling, and so it, I, I got early the Sunday and I got myself a face paint as uh Pentagon or Penta El Zero and I okay. did like a flopito version to that picture. I had coffee with a friend, and then I had an esports gig lined up, but the esports gig got kind of canceled. So super chill. Unfortunately, I went to the store Sunday night to get con- uh candy corn, and it was already sold out. So I didn't really get to enjoy it the way I wanted to. But it was pretty cool. You know what I mean? Nothing, nothing nuts, nothing crazy. So first of all, who likes candy corn? That's a that's a flaw right there. that's this a fatal got, flaw. this guy, oh! dude. Oh! I pu- pumpkins are the mix. Candy corn, give me it all. And pineapple on pizza. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm too old to be embarrassed, man. (laughs) First
1: of all, you know, you're going back to what did you want to be as a a child? I Like, no cap, like, no fucking lie. I wanted to be a professional wrestler at one point.
0: Oh, what was your name? got to ask.
1: Oh, I didn't have a name. I didn't really have a name. But I had a finishing, hold on. But I had a finishing move. Go on. Right? So the finishing move. Was gonna be like a DDT, right? Run. Right. I don't. But you, but the per- but you're also gonna bring up and scoop the leg, and like kind of pick him up with the DDT and drive him in that way. Because I figured I was never gonna be a huge guy, so I could pull off a DDT like maneuver, right, on the bigger guy. So like, so that like a was fisherman's the buster,
0: guy. like a fisherman's buster. Like you basically right. hook their legs and then bring it down.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But respect. But before that happened, right? But I, like I feel like I was the innovator of it.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, you invented the Fisherman's Buster. Look, yeah. the chat's going nuts right here. Uh, woo, pineapple on pizza, boo, candy corn. You know what? Don't kink shame and don't candy shame. Sugar shame <laughs> is the worst kind of shame, Phil. And uh, people like candy corn are sus. Yeah, you know what? I used to be, I used to live in silence and in fear, but I'm 36 years old. I've been on this planet three dozen years. I don't give a fuck no more. And Michelle Mabel goes, I want pepperoni on my pizza. Here's the deal. I don't hate get a pineapple and pizza. If I'm at a pizza party and it's there, I'll eat it. I don't really order it myself, but I don't understand the hate people have. Live and let live. That's all I'm asking, baby. That's all I'm asking.
1: <laughs> pineapple and pizza. So you know what? I'll eat pineapple and pizza. Candy corn, though. That's sus, man. Candy oh, corn I mean, What's your sauce. candy,
0: you highfalutin Dr. Harris? What's wait, your wait, about,
1: candy? I mean, Reese's Recy, Re, Fast Break? I mean, come on, man.
0: Can you even find a fast break in a normal store anymore? <laughs> That's a very niche thing,
1: man. Find- Skittles. How Sk- about Skittles. Like uh, I go uh, with Skittles, enough. right?
0: Fair, fair enough, fair, fair enough. Fair fair I like Skittles We're gonna
1: go with generic candy. <laughs> it's gotta be Skittles, man.
0: It's gotta be Skittles. Brandon Harrison with us a little more after hours, man. We're about to wrap this up, but before we do, are you down to play a game, sir?
1: Let's go.
0: Cause If you said no, it'd be kind of awkward. Uh, this one here is a classic, it's called Risky Sevens. Basically, I'm gonna ask you seven questions. Uh, for charity. You get the question right, I'll donate five dollars on your behalf to a charity that earmarked, which is the border youth tennis exchange or bite, uh, Tucson, Arizona-based charity that quote is a cross-border youth development organization that offers tennis and academic classes on both sides of the border, uh, in the city of Mexico Sorry, of Megales, Arizona, and Nogales, Mexico. Uh, Get the question wrong, they get nothing. So seven questions, $35 on the line. Think of the children there, Brandon. Think of the children.
1: Let's go. Let's go. All
0: right. The topic, (laughs) of course, has to be Arizona, man. It's about seven questions the Grand Canyon State. Cool. Uh, You could probably phone a friend one time in the chat, but I wouldn't trust them because they're not from Arizona. All right. Number one. Nevada may be known as a silver state, but Arizona is known for having lots of this metal. Copper. Oh, that's correct. Oh, man. Already starting off strong. Okay. Let's maybe go. I should do harder questions. Let's question, go. Number, question number two Sports fans rejoice. Phoenix, Arizona is known for having over 170 of these.
1: Can you repeat the question?
0: Sports fans rejoice. Phoenix, Arizona is known for having over 170 of these?
1: Uh, casinos?
0: The answer is golf courses, because casinos oh, are a sport. course! Casinos aren't a sport, bro. What God, are you God, I am thinking of sports betting. <laughs> that was terrible. I'm sorry. Shout out to Michelle, <laughs> my bell, who's not for but... But circus candy is sus. I actually agree. I can't eat those. That's weird. Uh, $5 the bank. Question number three, we move on. Um, sorry about that. Uh, Yuma, Arizona is known as the birthplace of this American civil rights activist. Uh, Yuma, Arizona is known as the birthplace of this American civil rights activist. Uh, can, I, can I phone a friend? You can look at the chat, but the chat has not answered that question yet. They're I don't not. Know. They no, probably not. will Google it for you. But of Arizona is known as the birthplace of this American civil rights activist. Civil rights. But how uh, many civil rights activists do you know? A-M-O-K, obviously.
1: Right. He was not born. I know that one is not right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, man, I, dude, I have no, I have no clue.
0: Uh, Cesar Chavez. Uh, Cesar Chavez is one of the most uh, popular for migrant workers rights, right? $5 in the bank for bite. We're moving on. Uh, Question number four. True or false? Two Nobel Prize winners have graduated from the University of Arizona. True or false? True. False. Three Nobel Prize winners have graduated from University of Arizona. Think of the kids, Brandon. What are you doing? $5 in the bag. We've got three more to go. you got some chance to get some ground here. Located in Apache County, this city is known as a capital of the Navajo Reservation. And I'll slow it down so people can Google it for you in the chat. Uh, Located in Apache County, Arizona, this city is known as a capital of the Navajo Reservation.
1: I should know I should know more about my state I should learn more. this is what I'm learning
0: I asked you if you were spell assimilated you were like cool I said I'm fitting in this is my new state
1: <laughs> this is me delaying until somebody in the chat hooks this question up yeah absolutely so,
0: no. charity is border youth tennis exchange byte or bite tennis wow cool sport um yeah uh she's the um the chat Philip right in the chat has an answer
1: <laughs> All right, Phil, we're gonna go with Window Rock. Final answer? Sure. Final answer. That
0: is correct. Window Rock is Phil! the capital of the <laughs> You got two more for you. Ten dollars in the bank for bite. Two more. Uh, this one is a plus or minus five. So you can get within five okay. of the answer here. Uh the hottest day recorded in Phoenix, Arizona was on June 26, 1990 at blank degrees. Plus or minus five.
1: 125.
0: Correct. 122 was the actual hottest temperature recorded in that state. That's $510, $15 for bite. Last question here for you. It's Arizona at 119 square miles in area is about the same size as this famous European country. So 119 square miles, like, for example, Alabama is the same size as the United Kingdom, right? Okay. Uh, at 119,000 square miles in area, uh, Arizona is about the same size as this European country. $15 in the bank, you're going for $20. let us go with Germany. Close. It's actually Italia. Italy, baby. Well, that's uh. great. Still. Fifteen dollars will go into 15, bike man. You know Fifteen what? is great. Think of the kids, man. They're going to totally hey, I, like that. And,
1: you know, and, and even on my even though my professor's telling you know, I will match that. So at least I'll give I'll give thirty to the kids, right? 30 oh, to the heck kids. yeah,
0: man! I'll definitely tag you on that Twitter to make sure everything's in the bank for that. And that's great that you're able to go out there and know about half those questions for your state.
1: Yeah, I, yeah <laughs> right. I, man, I tried. I
0: tried. out to Phil though with the clutch assist on that
1: man, one, you Man, know? I appreciate you, Phil. <laughs>
0: And Roy says, the only thing of Arizona too is sweet tea. I'm sorry, bro. Hey, Arizona tea is actually from Brooklyn. So I'll have you know it's been a dollar for the past 30 years because Brooklyn knows what's up. Uh, <laughs> Brandon, so much thank you so much for being on the show here. If someone really wanted to find you out, if they have a public social media account they can connect you with, email you, how they go about doing that?
1: Yeah, uh, they can obviously uh, hit me up on Instagram, right? So it's uh, Got 7 is the uh, is the handle. Um, and if they really wanted to ask a, a question, just to, they could email me at any point um, at uh, at Brandon S. Harris at yahoo.com.
0: I didn't know you had a, another Instagram. You have a Finsta account? You have two Instagram I, accounts? No, I have one. Finsa. I only have one.
1: I have one Instagram account. What
0: do you? What, what? You said Brandon what? Scott seven. I had Brandon Scott nine. Which one is
1: it? Oh, it's not. It is not. Look you at me.
0: Of- <laughs> <laughs> Some poor guy named Brandon's gonna get like all these only requests now. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> I just nuts. Uh, thanks so much for being on the show here, uh, Brandon Haywood Wong says, "What's up?" Shout out to Window Rock, Arizona. I gotta visit you guys. Are pretty dope in Navajo Nation. After I was in this final month of shows, we back next week with Royce Massacre. Before we get out of here, Brandon, just just between you, guy to guy, do you have like a special motto or axiom or like vibe? You tell yourself a self affirmation, something like that to get you pumped and hyped.
1: Man, uh, no self motto. Uh, just uh, I don't know, man. I uh, just kind of, kind of, kind of live life how you want to live it, and and just keep doing you, and just keep pushing forward. I I don't know. Like uh, I, how about how about this? How about how about this? I uh, I had I had a New Year's like mantra, and I'll give you the New Year's launch mantra. You ready? Tell me. Tell me. Here we go. Never be careless with anyone's heart, including your own. Oh. That's
0: deep as hell. I love it. That's for you.
1: That's for you, Flo. That's for you, and that, and, and, that's, uh, and that dating advice, my my guy.
0: That's for you. I, I don't know anything about dating advice. These girls, I, I feel sorry for them. I'm totally a mess. But that does not for me. Until next time, next week, Royce Masters will be in that seat next week after hours are closed. Catch you next Monday.